With only two episodes left in season five on a mental health break, I have to start by thanking all of you listeners for helping this show grow in ways I did not imagine. I'm your host and author of the book, Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health, Vincent A. Lancey. We are very lucky to be joined by a guest this week who is using his voice to make a difference in several areas. Get ready for an incredible testimonial. Each week on this podcast, I interview a different mental health professional or advocate from across the country and around the world to share their story relating to mental health. I created this platform when I came to a turning point in my life. When I was 21 years old, I was the victim of a hit and run accident while on foot. After coming out of a coma and suffering from a traumatic brain injury, or you may know of as a TBI, I decided to prioritize my mental health and that led me to creating this series. Black men are still feared, seen as a threat, dying at the hands of police for traffic tickets and riddled with negative stereotypes. What impact does this have on the black male psyche? What effect does this have on their mental health? What can we learn from their first-hand experience? Dijon produced and starred in the Amazon Prime documentary, What About Me?, and also wrote the best-selling book, What About Me?, Walking the Tightrope as a Black Man in America, which shares first-hand knowledge of navigating America as a Black man, his own experiences with police violence, and becoming a Fortune 500 corporate executive. As you can tell, we have a lot of great perspective heading this way. He knows that no matter how high Black men climb or how much money Black men make, they are always walking to the tightrope of pain and fear. But Black men fail to realize there is a power in that struggle. We're going to have his professional experiences tie in with his mental health journey today. Allow me to now bring on Dijon Jackson. Dijon, thank you so much for coming on the show. Vince, it's my pleasure. Uh, glad to be here with you. Well, would you mind please introducing yourself to our audience and previewing just part of your story before we dive in and get going, while also touching on your role relating to mental health? Thanks so much. You know, Vince, uh, my name is D. John Jackson. Uh, corporate uh, officer, Fortune 50 company, had a fantastic career, still working, uh, just excited about things, had a lot of great experiences. But as I went through my career, always wanted to give back a little bit more and talk more deeply about the experiences that I'd had and to figure out how we could help people. Uh, having a background in technology and engineering and strategic management, international business, you know, facilitated uh, my opportunity to see the world, to see so many things, but also remembering the humbling aspects of my experiences. And I think that has been the impetus behind not only uh, the documentary film, uh, my book, but wanting to reach back, give back. And then three things I'd always like to say, I want to educate, encourage and inspire. You definitely do all three of those things and you're on your way to probably creating more great content to help the world. I wanna ask you though, in your experiences here, you deal face-to-face -face with a lot of people. You have your documentary where you did some interviews. You're really involved with the communities. What type of mental health disparities do you come across in your conversations when your time on set? Obviously anxiety, depression, schizophrenia are very common, but which did you experience the most? You know, I think it's it's a form of anxiety disorder. 
when you think about it. You know, not not trying to clinically diagnose it, but I'll give you another term. I, I, I talk about low-grade stressors that persist quite often, which is why I metaphorically use the title of a black man, because there's so many pieces that go with that, physically, mentally, and those low-grade stressors are things that manifest themselves in different ways as you're having to calculate every step you make, every move you make, everything you say. And I think that gets into this anxiety disorder of, did I do it correctly? Am I thinking about it positively? Am I taking the right approach? What will be, what will be the outcomes? So I, I think that's what I've seen most. I think that for me, that's been the experience. You know, I've had some experiences that were probably more intense mm-hmm. uh, that, that really honed in onto that anxiety disorder. But uh, to, to set it up, I think that's the framework that I've seen the most. That's what I've experienced. I like how you said there, step back and make a plan. Usually when we do that throughout life, we can settle down a little bit because there's not much unknown. You mentioned you had some much higher levels of anxiety in a few cases. Would you mind describing a little bit of that, obviously, without saying who it is? Oh, yeah. I mean, in my career, I've, I've seen a lot of things. Uh, there are microaggressions that occur. But as I talk about in the book, there's one instance only that, that I can just really highlight where it, uh, my physical and mental psyche and health were impacted by an individual. Uh, to this day, I don't know why, but it was how this person treated me, uh, the environment that they created, uh, the angst. Uh, it, it, it was really, really impactful to me. And as I look back now, I think about there may be others going through that. Yeah. But I can tell you this, when you can't sleep, when you are afraid of whatever mistake, you're afraid of whatever you do because it might be a mistake, right, left, wrong, or indifferent, when your every move is criticized, those kind of things accumulate. And that was about a two-year period mm-hmm. where that environment, that intensity, those behaviors, those things had me feeling trapped. Thank you very much for sharing that. I know other people listening on this platform have experienced that trapped feeling. I'm looking at him now. He's doing great. So it just shows you that you can go a long way just because something's terrible right now. That only means the sun is coming out tomorrow. And I always try to keep that in my mind because dark days are for everyone. You have to just be a realist in the way everything can't be great. It's just not possible. You can't win every game in a basketball, baseball season. You can't win. You can't win everything. So you have to understand the highs come with the lows, but using your personal experiences to combat that next low helps you progress a little further and making a plan as D John just offered is a great way to do that. Now I'd like to ask you, when did you first decide that you were going to take some kind of stance on mental health advocacy? You have some career work as well relating to mental health. Please share that story. Yeah, as I go back to my, my overall career, my, my career, collegiate career, university wise, you come to a point, Vince, where you look back and says, I've got to do more because I'm sure there are individuals that are experiencing these things. And like myself, you feel alone. And I wanted to open this door up to my life and show my personal experiences and relate those to different stories, uh, different ways to overcome positive thinking, how I survived. And then in the broader sense, to really enlighten America and the world, these things go on, these things happen, you know, particularly black men and black boys experience them them 
in, in many different ways, but it applies to everybody, men, women, boy, girl. And I think it's just important to understand, you know, you have to reach out and open up because these things are not fictitious. They are, they are as real as you and I sitting here watching each other. And that's when I came to the conclusion, I want to pour more back into the world. My parents were, were very, very instrumental in early in life, you know, respect, uh, treating people right, uh, always looking at people for who they are as human beings, mm -hmm. regardless of socioeconomic status, any of those things. And that's what I've always believed. That's a part of my fiber. And having gone through these experiences, I says, I've got to tell people about these so that they can overcome as well. Very well said. Find the goodness in people. Socioeconomic aside, you'll attract good energy that way. And you mentioned talking to someone. You have to. I neglected therapy for a while right after my accident. I saw the value in it. I'm talking to an unbiased third party who is just going to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. And sometimes... That's right. all we really get with our friends. They mean well, and they don't want to hurt our feelings. But you'll, once you move forward, you can go, you can progress leaps and bounds. You mentioned you had two years bottled up. It's a long time to just keep things in yourself. As men, we have this tough guy stereotype thing where there's not many males who speak about their mental health. Or I shouldn't say that now. There are an increasing amount of that, which is great. But one of the spotlight stories, which we'll get to in a bit, one week was on Kevin Love, and it mentioned how his father said, you're a male, you mask those feelings. We don't have these emotions all like that. And I think that transcends to many males across America. How would you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you want to suck it up. You know, you want to be the man. You want to take it. I can handle it. Uh, but I will tell you this, Vince, you do have to have an outlet, you know, whether it's a medical professional or someone that is a trusted, I talk about in the book, trusted uh, avenues or trusted partners to actually hear yourself talk about these things, you know, in an unadulterated fashion, you know, nobody's judgmental. You got to put it out there. And once you put it out there, I will tell you, just being able to talk about it and having this outlet of understanding these things are, are happening in my life, it does make it better because then you can start to think about positive thinking. Because when you're in a trapped, when your mind is trapped, your body is trapped, it becomes suffocating. And if you don't break that, you end up in a worse place. Couldn't agree more. Like we talked about before the show, one of my ways to break that is fitness. I'm very big in fitness in the morning. It gives me that energy and that relaxation at the same time that I need throughout the day. That's something that works for me. But now I want to hear what works for you, D. John. I'm going to ask you to pick two. And I say just two because I want your most important answers here. What are the two most important things you can recommend to everyone listening on to improve their mental health? We'll go both short-term and long-term. Feel free to start with whichever you'd like. I'd say for a short term fitness, you have to seek a way to get your endorphins and your body moving and functioning. Uh, there is, I hate to use the term magical because it's physio <laughs> physiologically correct, but there is something magical about getting your body functioning. It releases that extra energy. And I would encourage everyone to try to get into some regimen you know, I, I try to do it every day early in the morning, you know, not unlike you and 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 get in there and get it done. I think it sets your day off. So I think that's been huge. You know, whether it's every day or three or four days, you got to do that. And I think short term, uh, it actually changes your lifestyle and gives you extra energy and equipment to deal with these curveballs. You know, secondly, uh, and I'm going to cheat a little bit. I, I would say my faith and who I am. Short term and long term helps me a whole lot, but also having 
that trusted outlet. You have got to talk. I think long-term, you have got to talk to someone. You've got to have that ability of getting these things out. I, I firmly believe if things bottle up inside you, they start to manifest themselves physically. And, and just to give you an example, you know, Vince, hypertension, uh, diabetes, headaches, mm -hmm. uh, the inability to sleep, sleep disorders, all these things because your body has no outlet. So those would be the two things that I throw out, two and a half things that I throw out for you. That's two of us now both saying fitness. I want to clarify this again, especially if you're new to the show. We used to go over this a lot. When people hear fitness, some associate that with lifting weights. And that's not just the case. You could take a walk in your neighborhood for 15 minutes and then turn around. And that's, yes. I mean, I love taking walks. Yeah. You clear your head. You know, uh, it, it was pretty interesting, you know, during COVID and everything. And, and my team, I talk about, you know, in the evening, I go take a brisk walk. And, and you look at the lights. And I don't know if you remember back when Saturn and Jupiter lined up in the southwest sky back here. And I was telling my team, I was texting and I says, wow, you guys, you got to go outside and see this. And that was so exhilarating. But on that brisk walk, the cool air, uh, I, I think it refreshes your mind. It refreshes your body. And I will say something else, you know, Vincent, uh, deep breaths, even if you're in an office or walking, you know, inhaling and oxygenating your blood is so important because it releases uh, just just extra energy. I couldn't agree with you more. Do you keep electronics away from you on your walks? Do you bring your phone for music? I'd love to talk about this. You know, actually, what I do is it's very serene. It's very serene. It's just my walk and my thoughts. You know, if it's a run for a longer distance, you know, maybe there's music, but those evening like an evening walk. And I really like to do it in the wintertime. You know, people say it's a little crazy, John, but the cool Christmas of the air, it's just you with your thoughts and you have a chance to think about things in a much more clean and surreal sense. And, and, I, and I like that. And like you say, it could be 20 minutes, it could be 30 minutes and you come back refreshed. I use it as a break throughout my day. Sometimes in the morning, obviously, General McRaven got my bed going. I leave a dish or two out and I leave my coffee table. Just one thing just to get that momentum going, that accomplishments. I check it off the list, maybe take a 15 minute walk total to my mail room and back, get going. I do uh, two 50 minute alarms, 55 minutes and 50, take my eyes off the screen. Then I hit the gym. My mornings are very, very structured, but as an entrepreneur, I need the rest of the day to really be a little more open due to other schedules. Right now, we're recording this podcast at 6 a.m. Everyone listening on, make time for what you're passionate about because this conversation has been worthwhile. Now we're going to move into talking about what you plan to do to raise in the importance of mental health in the future. We know the book. We know the documentary. I can't even imagine what's next. Well, what I want to do is really, you know, as COVID subsides and those kind of things, is really be able to get, be able to get out and speak mm -hmm. and paint this broader picture. I, I think you can't separate the two. As you talk about individual experiences, as you talk about broader uh, experiences, you have to give the education part of it. But I think then you have to talk about what are the side effects. Uh, my good friend, Todd Bell, attorney Todd Belcor in Chicago, you know, talks about those stressors and talks about those traumas. And in some cases, it really gets to traumas. I want to explain uh, the associated traumas that go along with situations and experiences that most could be oblivious to, not aware of, or didn't realize that there are different types of traumas uh, that folks go through. And, and I want to be able to highlight that as well as, a part, as, that, as a part of the education. But then 
as you paint that broader picture, there's a greater understanding and promoting that, hey, get help. It's okay. It's not uncool. It's not, uh, it's not one of those things where you should feel ashamed. Everybody gets help. That's the truth. Everyone gets help. And you even think as far as not just therapy, coaching. I know the coaches are at the highest level. CEOs at Google have coaches. All these big companies, you need someone to bounce your ideas off. And if I can recommend something, not just one person, I have maybe three mentors where we have different relationships because some advice is may not be qualified from each person, if I could say. And this also comes up. People mean well, but they may not be the correct person to ask for for that correct advice to move you forward in the correct way. Would you like to add to that? Yeah, I, I think that's correct. You know, there's probably a lot of people always willing to give advice, mm-hmm. but you really have to discern uh, the different circumstances and situations and who you are. And, and I think people have to understand your situation. In many cases, people describe tactics and approaches from their perspective and their situation, which may not necessarily be. And these things aren't cookie cutters. Exactly. So I think you have to discern that understand who it is you're talking to and making sure that they've got a grasp on your situation, who you are, because as much as it may be similar to theirs, it's not exactly like theirs. Very well said. makes me even more excited to get your analysis on this next part. Each week on this platform, I share the mental health story of someone who is famous, someone in the limelight, because I want to let you, the listeners know, you are not alone. You need to understand that even though someone looks like they're healthy from the outside, they may not be on the inside too. And as we have a male mental health advocate on the show today, I will introduce the story of another, an NFL player, Brandon Brooks. And I read more on him. He's a true inspiration all on and off the field. I learned he missed five games in his career strictly due to anxiety. In 2016, he was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder and he missed two games in the span of three weeks. ESPN reported that after seeing a psychologist once a week, he went more than two seasons without missing a game. Back to what we've talked about, one of the themes of this episode, speaking about your emotions and feelings. And I wanted to share a quote before we signed off. When it comes to mental health issues, the biggest thing is to embrace and accept it and understand why in order to attack it. It's really no different than pulling a hamstring. You've got to go into the trainer's room and put the ice in and do all these different exercises. It's the same thing mentally. You want to make sure that people understand that it's something that one, you can attack and it can get better. And two, that just by hoping it gets better, that's not necessarily the best strategy. It's okay to seek help. It's okay to get help and it will get better. D. John, what do you take away from this story? Agree 100%, absolutely spot on. I think you have to seek help. Uh, The notion of the stigmas, uh, the notion of being ashamed, uh, it's time to get beyond that. You have to reach out again, like just like Brandon talked about physically pulling a hamstring, spraining an ankle. You do need to seek out help and then actually get diagnosed, understand what it is and the nature of it. Uh, I think it's very important because in a very hectic, high paced world today, there's so many things going on. It's very easy to assume or disregard certain things as, oh, it'll pass, it'll pass, it'll pass, and you'll look up, it's a year, it's two years. So I totally agree uh, with his approach. I totally agree with the the story and how he talks us through it. 
But unfortunately, so many people still feel that uh, I'm not going to get help. I am going to just try to wing it. And I think what I would say to your, your listeners today is just like Brandon, seek help, go get help and understand your situation so that you can get better. Well said. It's like anything else in life. The longer you procrastinate and push it off, you know, you're, you're eventually going to have to face that head to head. And it's probably going to be a little worse than if you just got it out of the way into the beginning. And Dijon, I got to thank you so much for coming on the show today. A lot of great value today. You emphasized talking to others. We did have some good laughs as well. And your analysis on this story was very relatable to the listeners. So thank you for that. I'm now going to ask you for your last word. I do this on all my shows because I want the listeners to really get to know my guests. What do you want to end off on? I will tell you this. <clears throat> Excuse me. The things that I look at most importantly, somebody else, people always ask me, respect, respect, and respect. Uh, how do you treat people? Treat people right. Uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, don't stigmatize others for what they're going through. And likewise, hopefully they don't stigmatize you. And, and it's always an onward and upward. Keep pressing forward, positive thought, positive thinking. Uh, those are the things that are just key in life. And if you need help and assistance along the way, absolutely get it. You know, I talk about that in the book on a couple of places. Reach out and help somebody else if you find a path through. And likewise, somebody, somebody else will reach out and help you when you have a tight pinch. Well said, well said. Again, remember, people are always happy to help. They may not be in the position to buy something from you, but if you're asking for advice or someone scratched their back in the past, so I'm sure they're happy to pay it forward. Now you have to tell everybody how they can find you, the social media, the website, where the book's at, all that. Absolutely. Well, actually, you can find buy the book on Amazon. Uh, it's a bestseller on Amazon.com. Uh, my documentary uh, is out on Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Video. You can follow me at LinkedIn at D. John Jackson. Uh, on Facebook, it's D. John Jackson at D. John Jackson. At Instagram, it's D. John underscore Jackson. Twitter, it's at D. John Jackson. If you'd like to learn more about uh, the documentary that my good uh, brothers and executive producers, we all work together to Rue Brooks and Daryl Pitts, you can go to my site, which is called, it's www. 5j-entertainment.com. It actually shows a trailer and talks about the documentary. And then for the book, you can go to www.djohnjackson.com. A lot of great value in this episode. Be sure to follow up and check out his content, that book, documentary. A lot is there to help you succeed. And it's also social media time for the show. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at A Mental Health Break. And on Twitter, we're at Podcasts by Lancey. So you have updates from all of my shows. I'm at Vincent A. Lancy for all social media and YouTube, and my website is vincentalancy.com. If you check out my books, take a picture and send it to me. I would love to share your support. I am a three-time published author, and my latest book is Mr. Lancy Talks Mental Health, all on my website now, Amazon, whichever you prefer. And with that, I have to thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of A Mental Health Break.